Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, guys? And welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and part of the stadium scene.tv network. I am your host this evening, back in the hosting chair after a long absence, Mr. Adam Corsair. And joining me are the usual co hosts, Craig Borden, behind the scenes, Brendan Penicar and Mr. Chris Key. How are we doing tonight for the holiday what? edition? Holiday, let's go. What <laughs> is going on, boys? Good deal. I love how you're sporting the ugly sweater and I just have the ugly office right now. The dog's clearly ripping some shit up of my office. <laughs> I got an ugly sweater for all the teams. So tonight I'm rocking the Blue Jays one. I have a Bills one. Actually, my wife just bought me a Bills one. And uh, of course, I have a Raptors one, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. All right. So with the holidays approaching, we are continuing our tradition, as I tweeted out, with our Christmas wish list episode offering up our personal wishes for what we would like the jays to do this coming season now before we get into that there are rules when it comes to the christmas wish list we are not going to include the return of baseball because that is ubiquitous around all of baseball fanhood not just jays fanhood every baseball fan wants this to resume activities baseball you know rumors and whatnot they want it to resume so obviously that's on the christmas wish list we're going to be keying in on specific things outside of that um so we're going to tee that up later right now i want to touch on a few jays related topics that we didn't get to really divulge into last week i haven't been on the show uh, with the exception of last week for approximately three months so there's a lot of things i need to say with my chest Kevin biggio being one of them but i want to start with freddie freeman um before we get into anything else so uh, I'm sure you guys have already talked about it. I'm sure you've touched on it, but Freddie Freeman was is being rumored to be pursued by the Blue Jays and how uh, there's a question as to how this relates to Vladdy. Um, we are well aware that Vladdy's transition to a full-time first baseman has been nothing short of fantastic, and he is arguably the best player at the position in all of baseball, and I don't even think that's hyperbole. Um with the pursuit of Freeman, uh, it's made many wonder if Vladdy would make the shift back to third room for Freeman. Obviously, Freeman's a natural first baseman. Um, yet, it has been reported that there are absolutely no plans for Vladdy to do so. Uh, so, uh, Brennan, let's start with you. Should the Jays pursue Freddie Freeman? Is this a square peg, round hole situation and where it doesn't really make much sense? Or do you think the interest in Freeman is legitimate? And if it is legitimate, do you think that it's a full-time DH thing? And does it actually uh, endanger Vladdy's position at first base? 
There's actually rumors from some people that think um, Freddie Freeman was the one who approached the Blue Jays about their interest. Um, That's what I heard as well. Yeah, I, I forget who who said that, but I'm pretty sure a couple outlets similar to our podcast uh, and similar to Jay's Journal were saying the same thing, that at the beginning of free agency is coming up that for the first time in God knows how long, a very high-profile free agent actually reached out to the Blue Jays to gauge their interest in signing the client. And that ben Nicholson Nicholas, Smith was the yeah, first one exactly. to tweet that out and say it on At The Letters. Exactly. So there is rumors that that was Freddie Freeman. Uh, if that's the case, that's super exciting. And I don't care if that creates a logjam. You absolutely signed Freddie Freeman. Um, the interesting thing is where how the ramifications go from there, because, I mean, you could have uh, Vlad and Freeman split time at first base slash DH. Freeman can play some third base. Uh, that is also something that we've seen in the past. Uh, Vlad can play some third base. Uh, but I think the easy fix is clearing um, one of the outfielders off of the roster uh, to not have like either Tioscar, Lourdes, or Randall, uh, or George Springer DHing. Uh, you roll with your three guys, you have a fourth outfielder uh, that's not making as much money as Randall Gritchick, uh, mm-hmm. and then your primary DH slash first baseman is rotating between Freddie Freeman and Vlad. So any way possible. I think you got to sign you got to sign him if that's the case. And, you know, I, I, who was it? I think we were talking about this a couple episodes ago, Chris and Craig. Wasn't it Carlos Baerga who brought that up on his Instagram saying that there like there was some yeah. legit like rumors to that and it could happen. Um, so I would uh, keep all eyes and ears on Freddie Freeman when free agency opens again, when the lockout gets sorted, because there seem to be some likes to that. Chris. Yeah, like, how does a consistent 300 average sound? How does uh, 31 home runs sound, uh, 180 hits plus consistently, three-time silver slugger, gold glove, if you believe in that, and MVP, multiple all-star appearances, if you so choose to believe in that, not to mention the very much needed in this lineup left-handed bat. Exactly. Um which is probably why the Blue Jays had so much interest in Corey Seager as well, is they wanted that left-handed bat. Um, Of course, if Freddie Freeman wants to sign with the Blue Jays anywhere between $25 and $30 million for however many years he so chooses, I think you do that. Um, the positioning is where it gets really difficult, though, because like we we have seen as uh, okay. So two three years ago, we had great defense and Brandon Drury over at third base, but he couldn't hit a ball to save his life. Um, the last year and a bit, we've had Kevin Biggio at third base, who has proven that he can get on base, but he can't catch or throw a ball to save his life. We haven't had a complete player there, and I'm not sure if the fix on that is moving Vlad there, who has time and time again proven that he cannot play third base. I'm not so sure if I want to tie up $25 million or $30 million in Freddie Freeman to go to a position that he... you it, it, What I'm getting at, yes, signing Freddie Freeman does a lot for your lineup, but you have two really big glaring holes on your infield still that Freeman does not solve. And I think there's 
as much as I would love Freddie Freeman, the the reasons I, I've already listed, he doesn't fit what this team needs right now. And as much as that bat plays so perfectly for this team, there's nowhere for him to play. And, like, you're not going to make Vlad DH 81 games in a year. Like, it's just not going to happen. You're probably not going to DH Freddie Freeman for 81 games in a year either. Why not? Because he's too damn good. Yeah, but I he's, think Vlad is too better. valuable in the field. Yeah, but who's playing third base then? I don't care. I'm sorry. Like, I legitimately don't care unless it's Ramirez. And obviously, that's not on the table right now, but you could do a lot worse than Espinal. Okay, then who plays second base? Did you? Yeah, you haven't you <laughs> have you haven't solved you haven't solved any problems on this team then. What do you mean? You've replaced Simeon's offense. And You've re- replaced Simeon's point. offense, but Simeon was your best defensive infielder. What's wrong with Cavan's defense? You could do a lot better. You could I you would can. honestly I would rather have I would rather have Semin uh eh, not Seminole, Espinal on second base than Biggio. Mm-mm. Oh, it hurt my heart. <laughs> is this is this payback for my right comment? <laughs> no, the truth, the truth, the the truth hurts. And like we we can, I'm not saying anything bad about Freddie Freeman. Like his bat plays, his bat plays perfectly for what this team needs. But his positioning is just it's so on the opposite end of the spectrum for what this team needs right now. Like you don't screw with Guerrero right now. You don't. He finally clicked and is now what for three or three or so years, we were all banging at the door to have him break out. And there there was this side of the fan base that was all about like, oh, he's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. He's not a bust. We're at that point where he's not a bust. Jersey said that. Yeah. (laughs) Like Jersey did say that. Yeah. Like he's, he's not a bust now. He never was. He was. He just needed an extra two years to figure it out with Donaldson to fight, figure it out, and then he was an MVP. Like, and Guerrero would have been an MVP this year if it wasn't for that freak down in LA. So, <clears throat> well, okay. I want to just interject. Why can't we offer the same consideration to Cavan after two years? I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star level. Because he isn't Vladimir Guerrero Jr. No, 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 I understand that. But why can't we just offer him the same consideration that he's not a bust and he can play solid defense? I'm not not saying that he's a bust. I'm not saying that he's a bust by any means, but I think that you can do a lot better than him. Of course. Espinal gives you a lot better defensively. You may get some more with the bat from Biggio, but from what we saw with Espinal last year, he can definitely handle the bat. Yes. Yeah. And I don't mind losing the little bit of offense you might get at second base with Espinal, but once again, he hit like 300 last year. Small sample size, granted. And Biggio, you know what? Biggio was hurt last year as well. He he might come back and be the walking god of everything and just get his way on base, but like he cannot near third base next year. He can't. Absolutely not, right. Yeah. I agree, I agree. And like that, that he can't go anywhere near third base next year, and uh, and Guerrero can't be anywhere near third base, Agreed. or Freeman. Like oh, you're yeah. not you're not going to pay Freddie Freeman thirty million dollars a year to sit on the bench half the year and just DH, and you're not going to pay him thirty million dollars a year to go over to third base. It's not going to happen. 
That's why Vlad at six hundred thousand will DH. Yeah. I, so hold on before you, before, yeah, before I get you don't my, do that to him. Um, Craig, did you want to add anything to this before we we yeah expulsion? I just want to yeah. interject to the whole fact that I think that you guys were hitting on the nail that this is a, how do you replace the offense that you're losing from having Marcus Semyon no longer in this lineup? And I'm sorry to say, I don't care who it is. You're looking at this free agent line, you know, bats. What better bat fits this lineup than Freddie Freeman as a power hitting left hand? Yeah. So that's, that right there is the full on appeal. All the rest of this stuff is, turns into the embarrassment of riches category. And you figure this shit out and fuck for all I know. You know, some there's something else that comes in line here in the midst of this whole thing, too. But if you got a guy, if let's say Freddie Freeman is the guy approaching the Blue Jays saying, I want in, he's also willing to do whatever the hell he might need to do to get in. And maybe that is play third base. Maybe that is play left field and move Lourdes over to right and T. Oscar moves a DH or something. You know what I mean? It could be a million and one different things. But I think has, at the end of the Freeman day, Freeman ever still, played the outfield, though. No, I don't think so. Oh God, college. I thought I think I saw in there, but that was way long ago. But he has played third base, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm in that ballpark. If we're going to literally bludgeon every damn team, I really don't care where his club ends up or if it's on the DH thing. And like Freddie, really... Freeman, Freddie Freeman's 32. Mm-hmm. That and that's why I'm wondering if by the time this is over with, you know, he's going to be a full time DH anyway. Maybe he realizes that he wants to be on a team that can win a more World Series. Maybe. So. Yeah, I think he's already it's there. Just, yeah, he's already got the one thing he wants. He wants to keep winning. Maybe the Blue Jays are his best chance. And like I said, it's going to cost us obviously to do that. He's not going to take a freaking mail-in, you know, contract or anything. But to that point, this offense is in. Infinitely ridiculous. Even if you end up having Biggio and Espinal at the end of the bottom of the lineup, and with whatever insert catcher, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really don't see. They need that extra thump, and I, I they surprisingly found it in Marcus Semyon last year to like nine billionth degree, right? Nobody ever thought he was going to go off for the kind of season that he did. So we need to find a way to help this pitching staff out. Yes, we have another ace, but we're really just dropping, you know, Gosman in for Ray. So that's really a wash. You have to have that offense to be able to stay in this thing in the American League. And Freddie Freeman spells that to the T or to the free. <laughs> yeah, not to mention a full season of Springer as well. That's that's definitely going to help. That's gonna help. Can, can I ask you this then? If yeah. one say they sign Freeman and they run with Biggio at second and Espinal at third, one of them gets hurt. Who's is one of two? Is, is Groshans ready to come up and fill that role for Kevin, Kevin Smith? Will be the guy. Yeah, he's going to be the guy, I think, teetering. Can, can he play short and second, though? Yeah.
He actually plays all three main positions in the diamond. He's I think he's even got some first baseman. Okay. So does Kevin. Because he didn't exactly inspire too much confidence this year. That's he didn't play much. But he played a lot better in the minor leagues. Everybody has groceries in some kind of trade, so Yeah, for Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you, so, you can I also? Yeah. I want to even play a wild card here on this whole thing. As much as I really don't want to break this freaking uh, thing, I always saw Loris Gurriel Jr. as a third baseman, even when I was playing him and watching him play in New Hampshire. I see him more even. First. I see him more at first too, but he's always got that fucking thunderous arm. Yeah, he does. And clearly he's athletic enough to handle third base. When I was watching him in the minor leagues, he didn't scream shortstop to me. But maybe there's some weird shit like that going on that we have no idea going. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's part of this whole thing to uh, offset a position somewhere. But to that point, I agree with you, Chris, that one of those guys gets hurt. You're going to be in, you know, up shit creek to run those positions with a guy that's either a quadruple A player or literally a triple-A player in those positions. God forbid we get Brevik Valeria playing freaking third base again or something like no, that. No, he, right. he just he just signed in Korea or Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying equivalent then. Yeah. Um, but to that point, I think that regardless if they go out and get Freddie Freeman, they have to be ready to make another move. And I oh. think that other will come into train. You're, you're all in at that point. You have to go out and get Jose Ramirez. You have yeah. to. Or yeah. somebody to. like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would include... I would think a Groshans, an outfielder, and probably one of the catchers, not named Moreno, yeah. um, and, and, and which I'm fine with. Damn. And that's what I was. Gonna, yeah, I mean maybe, but it's all fringe. I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think those are the main pieces of yeah. the trade, right? Um, Do you think this puts smoke in the idea of them buying Chris Bryant out of the free see, agents market? They end up getting Freeman. I think it'd be cheaper, right? Because yeah, you're not signing Bryant for, sure. for more than what, like two, maybe three years tops. I wouldn't yeah, feel he'll want, going he'll want more than that. Then he'll, I don't want I would I mean, I, if any of the any of the free agent infielders that are left, I feel you have your and I'm not saying that this is the right move. I feel your best shot is Trevor Story, but I also think yeah, because he's yeah. he's getting very overlooked in this market. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the purchase item, right? Right now we're all right here in that Carlos Correa is not getting really a, the demand that you were expecting yeah. because the Yankees are kind of sitting there going, nope, we're good. <laughs> and the whole fiasco between them and the Astros, I wouldn't be paying for him either. I would go after Trevor Story if I were the Yankees. Um, the, First, so the reason I why I bring this up, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. The reason why I bring this up is that if you trade for, if you, if you rather acquire Freeman, right? And I, I'm not sure, I think, Obviously, with Freeman, there's Canadian roots there, and I don't, I don't like tugging on those heartstrings because I know it's I, usually most of the time there's not a lot of smoke there.
maybe this is the exception, but people, when they assume there's a Canadian free agent, automatically going to the Jays. I don't think it really works like that. Like that. People you know, are still all hot and horny for Joey Votto, and he said that he's never coming yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. you know, that creates like, the same problem, too. Yes. People have been waiting for and and Paxton as well. But it, it to me, it's just it doesn't make sense. Um, now, if you do acquire a Freddie Freeman and you want that left hand lineup uh, hitting in your lineup, I think it serves well. Obviously, he's he's a generational talent. Um, him being on the older side, if this is his last contract and that's a legitimate all in move for the Jays. Right. And that's including like this future blockage there. Right. And I think at that point you do trade for a Ramirez. I think you sort of have to, right? Yes. And that sort of thins out your outfield a bit because we're assuming it's going to include a Gurriel in there. So that means you have to keep Graychuk. You just have to. I don't yeah. think I, that... I think that gets done without Gurriel. Yeah. I I prospect. You just load it full of prospects. You need Gurriel in that lineup to complete it at that point. Do you, you yeah, think he because, because then, yeah, because you're you're probably you're not banking on any kind of pitching really. Right. Like you don't have you don't have you don't have a Shane Bieber, you don't have a Justin Verlander in his prime, you don't have a Max Scherzer, you have a bunch of number two guys. So you're literally going out there trying to spank the ball into oblivion every yeah. single night. You're aiming and for like, like and five, like God days. help this team if they go cold for a week. It will happen. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> it will and happen. It, all it will be, but if you keep Gurriel in that sailing. loop, having that much more talent, will keep. keep that from happening. You yeah. know, it, how often that there was a, that one, two, three week stretch there that unfortunately was kind of the season undoing for the Blue Jays. Outside of that, they were the gods of all offense in baseball. Mm-hmm. And. If you're talking about dropping somebody like Freeman back into that equation or to the Jose Ramirez or whatever, it's, you pick up right as business yep, as usual. Both of them. Yeah. Or, yeah, or you just go with that ape shit and just go nuts. like. <laughs> so you have you would have Springer. Bichette. Fuck, no, you wouldn't. You would have. Oh, my God, this is hurting my head. Order doesn't matter at that point when you're that. No, good. I. Okay, so you would have here with Vlad. Springer, yes, Vlad has Springer, to bat. third yeah you would have springer okay so just for shits and giggles because we can springer bichette guerrero freeman hernandez ramirez probably yeah there you Guriel. go that is stupid who cares it <laughs> doesn't matter at that point yeah it, what you're saying then moreno and bizio or yeah. semian or yeah. like sorry, Biggio not Semyon, Espinal. I like Biggio last. Honestly, I do. I like to have I that because I like him lead off. And if he's not going to hit lead off, I like him last. I'm in the bottom of the order to get on base. Yes. Or George Springer and yeah. all those yes. guys. Flip it over. Yes. And I like his I eye, think, right? And if yeah. you have him batting ninth at the ninth spot in a close game, like in the ninth inning, I, I trust his eye. For Springer. Oh, he's got yeah, the yeah, probably has the best eye on the team. And I, again, I I know I I stroke it a lot with him, but. I love, I love it's not the talent. only thing is 
real quick. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to hold off on, on Kevin because I have a whole section waiting for him. But fuck, of course you do. Yeah, when it comes, I'll give you I'll give you your segue then, Adam. The best right. Blue Jays offense has Santiago Espinal and Kevin Biggio fighting it out for second base, and the other one being the first off the bench guy. That this that's yes. what they are trying to shoot for with this team, and I think that's where they need to shoot for. I don't like I said, who whoever these other two big bats they add to this lineup, I think their obvious targets are Freeman and Jose Ramirez, but there's some other guys out there too. That does push Vigio probably to be your everyday second baseman with Esmol doing a similar role to what he did last year, spelling a guy at uh, second, short, and third. And if something happens, he's good enough to uh, take over the fact for somebody being injured. I just think that's where we're at. I think to me that just makes the most sense. You know, I I, I don't you know, at all disparage the talent that Espinal has shown, especially with, during dire times, right? There were some rough right. waters at third base last year, and Espinal held his own. He, he, there were some clutch hits that he actually made for this team that, you know, otherwise, there were some clutch defensive gotcha. plays that he made. Yeah. Um, and Bare he hand. was fantastic at third. And that's why I'm not, I'm not, I remember we were talking about this in like June. Yeah. I was saying he is the best third baseman on the team. And I don't oh, even yeah. think it was At the close. time. Absolutely. It's yeah. still not even disputable. I think even to this day, oh, right yeah. now, right. as the team is constructed, he is the best third baseman on this roster. I don't want to so, play every day, but uh, he's perfect in the Ezekiel Carrera role. That's exactly what we compared him to all yes. year. He. exposed if he has 600 at bats but if he has you know two 250 to 400 max then he's perfect in that role i still have a feeling that there's something else in the tank there with him though there's another level that i think we saw a glimpse of but i i don't think his career peaks out at zeke that's what i'm saying i think zeke we knew what he was and that was his ceiling i don't even think we've hit espinal's ceiling and not that he's going to be a, a uh you know, a game changer. He's certainly not, but I do think there's a little bit left in there that we can sort of blossom and discover. Um, which again, I'm every, fine with. Every yeah. good team needs role players. Exactly, yeah. and, and he's perfect. He screams that. that guy. Yep. If we, if the Blue Jays do end up getting Ramirez, I think it fits like a glove having Kevin at second, unless he's in the trade. I don't know that he would be, and if he is, if that's the chip that no needs value. to get it done. I don't think he doesn't have any value. I really don't. He has don't. no like, value right now. I mean, if if we're just recency bias aside from last year and how he he wasn't right, but I think savvy managers are savvy for an office playing out of position, right? And you know, with, with the principle, he gets on base. Yeah, with the exit. Of, so this is this is the next topic, right? So with the exit of Simeon, people are saying like, oh, what are we going to do that, that that leaves all gaping hole in second base? And that leaves this this offense a, a little bit hurting. And while I can see the offense, and a lot of that can be mitigated with the addition of only Freeman or 
Ramirez, right? Oh, you yeah. only need one of them. And if you get both, yeah. then fuck, man, you are the best team in the East. I, I don't even think it's debatable. Oh, and again, but then again, the, the best team in baseball at that point. Yeah, but uh, the, the rookies and the, yeah, <laughs> just never just get out of the race. Um, but at that point, I, I don't think the defensive drop off is that stark. I mean, that's steep. I really don't. I, I with Kevin last year, he was a good soldier. He was playing so many positions other than the one that he's supposed to play. Right. They had him at third. It wasn't his his primary position is probably like his. I don't know. It, I think his secondary position is probably the outfield and then. Mm-hmm. first base like <laughs> yeah and then third base would be his fourth position um it's good to have that versatility and i know the blue jays love their zobrist-esque versatility but i just don't think you can force it on a player and i i think Kevin, when you have these mishaps in the infield and when you're uncomfortable in your position on the infield that bleeds over to the offensive side and remember this is a player that when he came up and in some of the 2020 season he was pretty good like, he wasn't great. He wasn't, like, all-star level. He wasn't a game-changer. But like I said, that eye is fantastic. I love his approach. I just think he could be something special for this team. I don't think he's going to rise to the to the status of a Bo Bichette. But I do think he's overall a better player than Espinal. And I don't even think that's a hot take. And when you have him at second base, I think defensively, that shores up your infield, right? It, even if you don't get a Ramirez, right? Even if you're just assuming Espinal is a full-time third base and not a, not an ideal situation, but it's not the worst thing ever. Bo at short, Kevin at first, Vlad, I mean, Kevin at second, Vlad at first. I think that's okay. I don't think a lot of balls are getting by there. I really don't. I think defensively, you're you're pretty set. In the infield, and that's why I don't think this is such a, a huge drop off with Simeon gone. You love the bat, but I'm not paying Simeon that money, especially when you're trying to compete with Texas, who doesn't have taxes, right? You're not paying a single yeah. <laughs> single uh, dollar in taxes. So, Chris, let's start with you, man. Like I, I, we sort of expulge on this already, but doesn't sound like you're the biggest believer in Kevin. But if we were in a position where we had to play him every day at second, do you like this team's chances that much less? It's not that I don't like Kevin. I I love what he brings to the team. He's a good team player. He he he's one of the good troops, right? He just he goes out yeah. there, does what he has to. But he's you, a mercenary. If, the, if this <laughs> team, if this team is really serious about making that big push, he isn't on the field every day. He isn't. He's not good enough. He in three years, what are his career his career totals or what? Two thirty-five average for a guy that gets on base a lot, like that kind of leaves a lot to be desired for. For me. Has he played a full season? No. Uh no. Fine. He hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't. So No, but what 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 has shown that what has he shown you? To lead you to believe that he's more than, say, a 250 hitter. That's fine with me. I don't need him to be more than a 250 hitter because you have almost 300 hitters up and down the board. You have Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer, Vladdy, and maybe Bo hitting close to 300. 
I don't need another one. Why not? I would love <laughs> that. This, this, this team, if this team is serious, you have to do better than Kevin Biggio being an everyday player. He He's agree. fine off the bench and he's fine. But you need somebody that's going to give you better streaky players on this team as well. I just haven't seen anything that he's done at second base that screams bad defense. Or poor defense, or even below average, or average. It's not great. It's not fantastic. We don't, okay, let me put it this way. We don't have any good infielders on this team, other than Espinal. Yeah, you're right. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, how, how much of an impact does Vladdy make at first base as, like, Vlad, defending, not if you, receiving? If you want, wasn't if, a train wreck. Yeah. Right. He, he wasn't horrible. Yeah. He was amazing. But if you look at stuff, like, they really shit on Vlad this year. And they did. They weren't good to him. So if you believe in that instead of the eye test, I. He's going to get better. I, I, I believe a little yeah. bit of. You need a little bit of on both sides. Like there, there's value to the analytical side of things, but like, is he catching the ball or not? Like, you can see that with your eyes, right? Um, it, it to me, you need you need somebody to play really good defense, especially on the middle middle of the infield. And for Bo's lack of range or yeah. or. or whatever is holding him back, Semyon made up for that in the middle of the diamond last year. And Kevin Biggio will not make up for any of Bo's mistakes out there or shortcomings or range or anything. Yeah. He won't. Yeah. I so, think, I think the, the, the solution here, honestly, we were talking about Trevor story. If you are to sign, if they are uh, able to sign Travis Story and put him as a, just a one-year sort of like a semian recreation, but obviously you're not. Do put him at shortstop and move uh, a bow to second where his range won't be that much of an issue, and then utilize Kevin as a trade chip. Just uh, if if you're saying he has no value, then as a throw-in, or maybe just want him as bench depth. Then that was I'm a lot perfectly of fine with. I'm perfectly fine using Biggio as bench depth and, yeah. and to get and use him use him at right field to give Teoscar a day off. Use him in left field to get yeah. Guriel out of the game toward, like, if it's a 3-2 game and you have the choice of Kevin Biggio in left field or Guriel in left field, you're sure, sh like, sure shit, I want Biggio out there. Mm. I, wa I want about 10 other people out there before him, but if, if he's your outfield option, I would rather Biggio out there than Guriel because Guriel scares crap out of me in left field. Like he has, he has to have his arm because he's so yes, bad at it. It's the range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The range but is what saves him. The most seamless way to, to replace Marcus Simeon is trading for Jose Ramirez. You trade yes. for Jose Ramirez yeah. and you can be fine opening the season with Cavan and Espinal as the primary second yep. base. And, but I also want to strengthen the bench in that case. Or and Chapman. one name that um, I think it was Ben Nicholson Smith was saying the other day got a lot of traction on the free agent market before it shut down was Josh 
comparison. A guy who who had Mm -hmm. 10 teams check in on him. If you get Ramirez and you open up the season with Cavan and Josh Harrison as your primary second baseman, you are good to go at that point. I mean, I don't want to get greedy and ask for Freddie Freeman too, but again, I I might be teasing my uh, Christmas wish list a little bit here, but Jose Ramirez, he makes the most sense because he has two more years on his deal and the Blue Jays' window is the next two to three years with everybody still under contract, not getting paid more before they have to start selling people off. So... It it just makes too much sense, and Biggio at that case is fine to open up at second base. Harrison can also play all over the field too. Yeah, feels too. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely. But to that point, he's Josh Harrison's basically one of the best second basemen left on the uh, free agent market. So you're not getting unless you do something like you said with the Trevor Story thing and move him around or Bo around or whatever. You're not getting a second baseman. You're talking Donovan Solano right now is the next best ranked guy based on war then Josh Harrison, then Jed Lowry. You know, it falls off pretty quick. Or yeah. you're going into the point where we're going to have to get freaking, you know, Jonathan Villar. Oh, man. It's that pretty Josh. damn rough on that free agent market. <laughs> I mean, I don't, oh, Josh, I don't see that. Josh happen. Harrison is making me excited now. <laughs> like oh, Jonathan I'm just like, I'm... <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Drooling slightly. More like Bonifacio, more like Bonifacio excited. <laughs> 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 Ouch. Um, to that point, I sorry. like we were saying, it's still cram the two guys at second base and hope for the best. And something else has got to happen around the diamond with this team. But even given but, the current situation, I don't even think it's that bad. I mean, like, I, I think you, this team, yeah, you had Simeon, but, you know, if, I'm assuming they signed Freeman. Mm-hmm. I still think this. is a 90-plus win team with a full year of George Springer? Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming yeah. they don't sign Can Freeman, I... though, is this team better than they were at the end of last year? No. I still you think need, they're a 90-win need... team. Uh, that's, that's they were tough. only a 91-win team with Robbie Ray being a Cy Young and Marcus Semien being a number three MVP. And without a full year of George Springer. Like, a lot of that is mitigated if you get a full year of George Springer. We'll add at least four wins to his war, whatever yeah. his total was, at least. And Simeon was, what, almost
eight. So you mm-hmm. got to replace another four wins. Uh, that comes somewhere. But no, um, if you don't get Freeman and you don't get Jose Ramirez and you only have marginal upgrades like a Kyle Seeger, as an example, uh, it's not good enough. Uh, the team needs either legit second or third baseman Seeger, as you brought up, Chris. Can I uh, be this guy? Kevin Biggio, yeah. OJ's minor league system together. There was no. Screaming of horrible defense up the middle with Biggio and Bichette in that equation throughout his minor league career. Other than the fact that a lot of people are saying that Bo Bichette might not stick at that position full time for his whole career, right? You look at what I, everybody forgets that in that same year in 2018, all three of those guys are on the freaking New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Kevin Biggio was the MVP of the Eastern League that year. Mm-hmm. Just saying. The, one, the year <laughs> so, they won, right? That was the year they won, correct. Yeah. And that was the year after they won in Dunedin. And it was going to be this dynasty in the coming. And uh, we thought that was going to be the first real Buffalo team to win it. Right. <laughs> and so they came right. up. Um, but to that point, I think this is actually the sample size of what his normal would be in the major leagues. If you look at his 2018 numbers, see, it was starting to translate in 2019. Hundred games, plays in 132 games with the Fisher Cats. His 26 home runs, just misses 100 RBIs. That's 250. But base at a ridiculous clip, and also had 100 walks. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um. Meanwhile, you go flash forward to 2019, where obviously the team was, you know, how can I say, it? garbage. Uh, <laughs> 2019, he gets into 100 games, bats 234 with 16 home runs and 48 RBIs. That was trending in that direction of that stat line. And that was after a clear learning period in 2019. If he can get over that hurdle, I don't see any reason why he's not a guy that bats 250 with 20 home, 20 home runs and somewhere in the 70 ballpark. He's going to look be, you know, not a shitty version of offensive uh, Randall Gritchick that we get every year. That's 250 with 20 home runs and 60, 70 RBIs. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that being my eight or nine hole line up right now if the way this is constructed is my personal belief 
just hope he learns how to hit the high fastball. That's all I'll say. I tend to agree with you. Or stop swinging at it, one or the other. <laughs> He's got to adjust. They adjusted to him in 2020 and, and whenever he played this year, and it wasn't pretty. But uh, there's something in there. It's not as bad as it's been. It's also not, I don't know if he'll ever get an all-star appearance, but he could be solid. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's all I really care about. That's all I really want from him, right? So I'm looking at his baseball reference page. I didn't even know this. I should be bragging about this more often. He was fifth in Rookie of the Year voting in 2019. Didn't know that until right, right. now. Really? Um, so yeah. I, I, Just because I, of the home runs. Yeah, and then in 2020 with the shortened season, he still had a pretty good lineup, although I don't like to extrapolate much from uh, from 2020. Um, that was a pretty good class he was in, too. Yeah, although Rowdy Tillis. Jordan Alvarez wins the rookie of the year. John Means, Brandon Lau, and then Eloy Jimenez were above. There four guys above him, so slightly. Yeah, sure. But there's something there. There had been something before, and of course, bus star thing. And I wouldn't even call Kevin a bust, really, because I don't even think he was super high-touted, and we're not investing the entire future into Kevin Vigio. We're really not. You um, was always the lost guy uh, out of that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. Um, but no, I just... He's my binky. I have a hard time letting go, and I and I don't think I, I'd like to give him more opportunities. I think last year was an unfair year to evaluate him and his place on this team. He was playing out of position. He was hurt a lot, and the confidence obviously wasn't there at the plate as a result of what was going on in the field. So I want to give him. To me, it's sort of like what I was saying about Vladdy this time last year. With Vladdy, before knowing that he was going to be a full time first baseman, I said you have to earn your spot at third. Right, because he was losing all this weight. He was trying to get in shape. He was trying to, you know, rebound his, you know, young career that it was at the time. And he most certainly did. But at the time, I said, you have to earn it. This is not going to just be handed to you at third base. You have to earn it. That's exactly how I feel about Kevin. You have to earn it. You have mm. to earn that second base position. And if you can, if you can show enough during spring training, if you can show enough that you're, you know, healed from all your injuries, you're not injury prone because kind of, kind of is injury prone. But if you can prove that you're, you're good to go and you have the longevity and the durability to play the position adequately at an above average rate, which he sort of did in 2020, I don't see an issue. If, especially if he's your nine hitter batting 250, you could do a lot worse with your nine hitter batting 250. And batting average is even Pena made a good career out of that whole 250 thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially, Adam, would you say, Craig, 20 bombs? Like, that is more than I would expect from a Captain Vision. Like I said, you're going to be converting. He's going to look on paper like Randall Gritchick. And I don't think he's going to get as much shit as Randall Gritchick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because <laughs> correct. <laughs> and he doesn't swing at every ball that hits the bomb, hits in front of the plate. You know, it's just. I think uh, his batting average is that that that's the normal. And if he can figure out, like you said, the, the piece of the high bit fastball and taking that next piece of he's he's going to see good pitches. He's got to figure out what to do with them. When one is where I think his biggest problem is right now. If you're going to get the good fastball, like you said, you got to be able to hit at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the uh, next piece of his game that he has to worry about here. Other than the fact that obviously we need to you know make sure he is defensively sound at second mm-hmm. base. But he strikes me as one of those guys once he actually has a home, he's going to be above he's average player. He's not going to be a yeah. crazy player, but he's going to be a guy that's you know hanging around the two three war area like we were talking about last week on some of these guys. Adam, you got Ross Atkins yeah. on your side. Just take that away. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, stop stroking Kevin here, and let's let's get into the uh, the Christmas. Yeah, had to, had to. I I need to say it with my entire chest. Okay, here's the deal. Um, We are each going to give two wishes, unless there's a repeat, then we're gonna try our damnest to think of a new one. Um, (laughs) So 
like I said initially, baseball activities, baseball resuming, that's on the top of everybody's wish list. It's ubiquitous. We do not have to cover that. We all wish ah, for it to crap. happen. And I think it will. I think it will. Um, you got to think of another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, again, two wishes per person. Uh, I'd like to go in this order to begin with Chris, Brendan, Craig, myself, and then we'll go reverse myself, Craig, Brendan, Chris. Um, so when do we do the draft for the order? Did you just pick it randomly? How do you I get just pick it back randomly back? <laughs> well, he feels bad because we've been bickering at each other all night. <laughs> Chris, yeah. is, Chris is first because he held it down for the past three months. So he's first and <laughs> B comes before C and I'm just always last. So, <laughs> so that's, just, that's just how I you know, rationalized it in my mind. So Chris, take it away. What is your first wish to Santa for the Blue Jays for the 2020 okay. season? Okay. It, it's, it may be, I don't know that this might be disallowed. It may not. Um, <laughs> you can say my, anything you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, good. My first wish is that I want this team or Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro to a whole hell of a lot better than Kyle Schwarber. And Kyle Seeger. That's not a lot. As a as a left-handed bat. <laughs> it's a one A, one B. Yeah. Um there's something to be said about Kyle Seeger's defense, but the guy can't hit. Like he can hit home runs, but like we can hit more than enough home runs on this team. Like we don't need Jose Canseco out there. We need somebody that can actually catch the damn ball. Um because we say. saw we saw what an actual bat and glove like a Jose Ramirez, like we need to re- want to say we need the reincarnation of Josh Donaldson, but like that would be pretty damn nice right now. I we don't we can't afford one sided players. I don't think um, whether they're good on one side or not, uh, and neither of them do anything particularly well other than hit home runs. And like I said, we we have the guys to provide the thunder. We need guys to get on base. Um, maybe that is Kevin Biggio, um, but. I don't think there's been some more than rumors, I guess, going around or lots of talk circulating around Blue Jays Twitter, at least about Schwarber and about Kyle Seeger, especially that I think that they can do a whole hell of a lot better than both of those guys, because yes, they hit the ball hard and whatever. And like, if you look back at some of their career numbers, um, especially Schwarber um, and and I guess Seager for the last three, four years, um, like they get on base a whole hell of a lot. I guess uh, that's still 2020 for Seager where he had a 355 OBP. But um, yeah, I, I, for all of the kind of smoke that's going around with these guys, I think you can do a whole hell of a lot better. You can definitely do better. You done? I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> that was it. I just, I just, I don't. I, other than that, like, I just don't want anything to do with either of those guys. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be disappointing if they went into the season yeah. with either of them. That's for sure. Like, you could, you can, you could say that training. these guys, and you'd say that these guys, oh, they hit the whole ball hard and they're unlucky. Like, their career numbers don't suggest that they've been unlucky. Like, over five years for. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, seven years, and he's hit over 250 once in his career, and it was this past year. So, 
All right. I tease mine. My first wish from Santa is Jose Ramirez. It just makes too much sense. Like, and I, look, I was right last year. I got my Christmas wish list and George Springer coming, and it worked. So maybe I'll start talking it into existence <laughs> in the show from here And on. the year before with Ryu. Oh, yeah, thinking. that's true. That's very true. Positive. So you know, I'm going to go three for three in terms of players that I asked for Santa, from Santa Claus. I mean, for all the reasons we talked about, it just makes too much sense. You have him for two more years. Um, I know that he's not as impactful as it was, but personally, I believe the Blue Jays believe their best window is in the next two years because you still have Ryu for another two years. You have Gosman, you have um, you have uh, Jose Barrios, you have others, Alec Manoa in the rotation. So there's four that are guaranteed, barring injury, for the next two seasons. You have a couple bullpen arms that are going to be around for at least the next two seasons, and Adam Simber, and I think Trevor Richards too. I could be wrong about his control, but it's all in place, and Jose Ramirez just makes too much sense, and he's dirt cheap, so that does not have to stop you from making another splash, whether that's in the outfield, whether it's making a trade for another starter. Um, it just opens up so much, and honestly, I'm willing to give Cleveland almost anything uh, for Jose Ramirez to get it done because I think he will help them, A, win the division, if again, um, and B, make a deep playoff run at that point. And he's done it with Cleveland multiple times and he's still a damn good player. So honestly, name me price and bring me Jose Ramirez and I will be, if that's the case. What would be okay, the so most you would pay? Like, what is the cutoff? Who is possible in this situation? Cause we're trade We traded Austin Martin and we got, uh, Barrios and we got him actually on the extension, but with, or the re-signing, but you know, barring that, I don't know that there's anybody in this. Moreno's in this, the one right Moreno, now. Moreno, yeah. Fine. But e- even. A lot of people I mean, are saying our Elvis is. Elvis, too, well. isn't yeah. too far behind, that's for sure. I'm just going through now just to take a look. Like, I mean, the pitching side of things, I know that they gave away a Two names there. Look, I still think that um, Alfredine could be a trade ship. I know that he's huge there, but the way the end of the season, and Chris, I think you sent this to Craig and I after one episode, one of the um, at the letters. And mm-hmm. how highly Atkins talked about Gunnar Hoagland, the mm-hmm. first rounder that they got this year. In my mind, his emergence forward, you still have CJ Van Eyck and others that you drafted that they're also high on. I think Klofenstein could be a part of a draft. They're, a talk, they're talking Ho- Hoagland could be up this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's older, too. He just he fell because he got hurt. And so mm-hmm. you add him into the system. I look at Gunnar Hoagland as a guy that is kind of like SWR in the fact that it's kind of like found money. SWR was found money, and you used him for as a trade chip. Now you have Hoagland. You can free up somebody else to go and trade. So I Klofenstein I'd throw in there. Um, Groshans isn't off the table for me in that Jose Ramirez trade. Anything to try to not give Lourdes. If push comes to shove and the prospect capital is a little lower and Lourdes is still involved, do it to get Jose Ramirez because you still – bring in another outfielder to get the same value. Plus, Lourdes is going to be a free agent in a couple of years. Yeah. Are we going to bring him back? Or are we going to bring Teoscar back on a long-term deal? One of those guys might not be able to be here past, what was it, 2023 for Lourdes? So give him to Cleveland. They could sign him to a long-term deal and lower your prospect capital on that point. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. Sorry, would you Would you rather include... free agent, right? Yeah. Would, yeah. You, would you rather include Gurriel or Pearson? Pearson. Yeah, no. I'd probably... I, yeah. I'd probably go nope. Pearson, um, but there's a, yep. there's a good argument for either. Like I, I think like even just last week, weren't we saying that we want Nate Pearson to be that two-inning yeah. lockdown closer of the back? Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm saying. so yeah. like 
it, it, it's tough. Our, our, yeah, the bull, the bullpen's too shaky at this point. You 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 can afford to give up Gurriel before you can give up Pearson. I think you're. I, I, now that you say yes, that, I, yes. I think I agree with you, Chris. Um, I would. Yeah. I'd and like, I'm not advocating getting rid of Gurriel by any yeah, means yeah. because of reasons I said earlier tonight. For sure. But you, you have an embarrassment of riches, especially with Jose Ramirez yeah. coming in, and there's probably going to be another throw-in player there as well uh, from Cleveland. I would imagine that you might be able to have a bench piece or something come along with that, or maybe another reliever. And um, it's not off the table that you could maybe up the price a little bit more and get one of their starters too, like Zach Plezak, somebody else mm-hmm. like that to fill in the fifth spot. It makes yeah. too much sense. And they've already started the dialogue, like at the letters was saying that they to Cleveland at the trade deadline to trade for Jose Ramirez and just didn't get far enough before the deadline. So, and I they talked gonna, to them about gonna, Lindor. Yeah, exactly. So they know the system. Uh, Cleveland would know what they want. It's just a matter if the Jays want to pull the plug mm-hmm. at this point, I guess. Yeah. And they should. Craig, did you I want turn up? Yeah, I got you. You're <laughs> up. I got nothing to add. All right. Um, so I'm going to take Brendan's idea here, and I'm going to run with another third baseman here. Um, I don't think that it will take as much to get him, but I love him, and I think he's one of those guys that will solidify the defensive part and have enough of the bat. I want Matt Chapman. And the yeah, A's are bleeding people right now. And mm. I really think I could give up one good prospect to the Oakland A's and a couple throw-in guys or a, you know, an Espinal, Biggio, Grichik, whoever it might be, if I'm eating Grichik's money in the midst of that piece, right? Brad Lurie the up to these days. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something about Matt Chapman's game screams Donaldson 2.0 to me. And yeah. To that fact, he's only been in the majors for five years, but he's won three gold gloves already. Two of those years, he was in the top 10 in MVP races. I know he had a shit year this past year at the plate. He just didn't look like he was comfortable. Maybe he was fighting a nagging injury, whatever it might be. But he still manages to hit 27 bombs and 72 RBIs met in the six hole in that Oakland lineup. So to that point, I think you're ended up training somebody like Groshans as the main centerpiece to that or someone around that level. Well, who cares? I'm going to get Matt Chapman for two seasons because he's signed up for this year already. And then he's got his third arbitration stint the following season. So you'd get him for two seasons. And I think he's still the good side of 30 or he's going to be, yeah, he's 28. (laughs) So, and I think that he would be that added piece in that lineup that you would be able to throw into the current lineup of what we have going on, you know, other than moving somebody maybe Lourdes up to the two hole or something like that, just to keep things moving. Right. Cause now we don't have semi in that spot, but you throw Matt Chapman behind Griel in that lineup. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I think you're getting mathematically the same offense. Cause I think in the American league East, he's going to bat closer to 60 to 70 with his career averages around 250, I believe. Yeah. 243. But the, like I said, the guy can rake and the fact that, if we're questioning Bobachet's defense on that side of the infield, this is the guy you plug in, and it's ready-made. The glove is insane, and like I said, he's going to find a way to hit well. I just think he's moved for the Blue Jays because, like I said, you don't have to wager the whole future to it, and you're still getting something pretty damn good in return. But in the midst of that, you're not losing Loris Gurriel Jr. You're not losing maybe a Kevin Biggio to be on your bench. And maybe you can even talk them into, depending on what you are um, getting back or giving to the A's, talk them into somebody like Tony Kemp with that trade. The guy you know, plays every position, and he played just came off a season where he 
89 games as second baseman for the Oakland A's because Chad Lurie couldn't stay, couldn't stay on the field. So it's another guy to throw into that equation. I just think there's enough to that that there's some smoke to that in the fact that the A's are in a fire sale at this point trying to regain that prospect capital they forfeited the last two, three seasons. Tony Kemp might be the better part of that trade, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that kid's got some insane athleticism and i just i love the tools i love what he could do he just screams to me that he's gonna be dalton pompey unfortunately like he's gonna do really really good he's gonna be always that guy that you're expecting to do well and he's not gonna quite do anything but be a bench player i really hope that he doesn't have that problem but as a guy that used to love watching dalton pompey and the myers and wish that translated better <laughs> yeah <laughs> But those tools are there 90 feet away um <laughs> yeah I mean, we exactly all, we all know that. yeah we all know the uh, the history of blue jays trading with the ace for third baseman so it works well. um, please, please please yeah <laughs> i'm for it i i i think it obviously i think you already mentioned this craig it'd be a lot cheaper um in terms of prospect capital um and you know, the A's value prospects in weird ways. So there might be like some obscure prospect that you're not really high on, or that rather the organization isn't really high on that the A's would be. And Atkins would be like, sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't realize. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't realize that two of those gold, two of those three gold gloves that he got are also platinum gold gloves. He's so he was the best defensive, defensive player. player. <laughs> oh. Oakland screams to me they're going into a longer rebuild than Cleveland, so they would be fine with Prosser long uh, further away from getting to the major league if they have a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. That the prospect capital may not look so bad for Matt Chapman. It could end up being really, really good. But yeah, if you trade with Cleveland as an example, they have the pitching to be able to turn it around somewhat quickly if you get a couple good bats in there. Because that division, I mean, it's still not the greatest. It's okay. Um White Sox are going to be good, but after that, it's for anybody to be able to get hot and maybe even get a wild card spot. So, um, yeah, trading with Oakland, Craig, absolutely, because they probably will take some prospects that are a little further away than Cleveland would. Um, all right, so my first wish is about the rotation. Um, I think last week we covered that Barrios would be the number one, um, and then we said... Gosman would be the Ryu, the number three, just to be able to have Alec Manoa as the four to pitch an opening day in Toronto. And then the five is a big question mark. Now, the five doesn't have to be this lights out guy just really supposed to provide you maybe five innings. Um, and the expectations aren't that high. But maybe you can do a little better than stripling right now, right? So my wish... I know he's 38, but give me Zach Ranke for a year. That'd be fun. I, I think Zach Ranke can that still go. That was not anywhere I thought you were going with that. <laughs> not <laughs> close. Give me Zach Ranke for a year or two. If it takes a second year, I. but if it takes a second year to get it done, fine. Um, He could maybe... He might be better than Ryu. Maybe. Like, I would say at least the same conversation of where they are in their careers right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know that that's really that much of a hot take. And, you know, if he is just your fifth starter, I think he could probably give you more than five, like an average. Um, and I think that would really solidify this rotation. 
I think if you have Granky at the back end of your rotation, like on paper, your weakest link, just on paper, it's namesake alone, your weakest link, quote unquote, is Manoa. And I don't even think he's weak. It's just like he still has some work to do. He has to discover himself, right? Whereas I think it will end up being probably someone like Ryu or maybe even Granky is the weakest link. But I'd rather have Granky right now than Stripling. And I don't even think it's going to cost you that much. Like if you can get him to 15, 16? What's the word? What's the most you'd pay for a Granky for two years? Seventeen? I don't even think that's that, that much. I think it'd be 20, Yeah, I think it'd be twenty a year. Fine. Yeah. Twenty. Wait, that. twenty a year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, then I'll give him one year twenty. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> with that. I'm fine. Into that point, hey, that might be load a all your eggs into these next two years. Pay him what he wants. Like, like if Syndergaard and Vernon both got. What they got, and mm-hmm. Greinke actually went out and threw 171 innings last year. He's going to get yeah. 20 million a year. Yeah, Syndergaard mm-hmm. got what, almost 20, and he barely pitched. He, yeah. he did get 20, and apparently the Jays were like right on the cusp of right there. Getting yeah, yeah. You. But like, they were phone call look at look at Greinke's page, and like from 2013 to 2019, he was he's crazy, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's so that's good. what I'm saying. He was that's so what I'm saying. good. He'll have some duds mixed in now, but man, he's crafty. Him and Ryu can be the crafty guys in the back end of the rotation. That's totally good with me. That's what I'm saying. And you right? split and those guys up in between yeah, the hurlers. Absolutely. and Like, I think Greinke can still rear back and chuck it, though, as well. Like, his his velocity hasn't dropped off that much, has it? I, I, mean, think, he's yeah, I think he's at 90, basically, last I recall. But to that oh, point, 90? If he's only if he's only throwing ninety, I don't want any fucking part of him. As your guys, no. For twenty million dollars in the five spot, and he's only throwing ninety. No thanks. But that's already Ryu. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We already have one of those guys. (laughs) We already have one of those guys. I want to say rather topped out. I I think I'd rather that than Stripling. Well, you see, somebody knows how to say it. Get somebody out is my biggest thing there. I would rather use that $20 million for somebody else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, if it's just money and the Blue Jays are like, fuck it, let's just win. <laughs> it's not my money. You're not giving up prospect capital at I that point. Think like, where I get worried is I think he would struggle really, really hard in the AL East. Yeah. Throwing only, throwing only 90. But to but that, the, the Yankees really and Red Sox expensive. will catch on to him. Yeah, to that point, you'd have a really expensive fifth starter. Yeah. And a guy that's throwing around a four ERA. Is that the worst thing in the world? Most guys that come out of the minor leagues are going to throw gas, but may not be able to hit the plate and have a five ERA. Nate Pearson. Yeah. (laughs) Fangraphs him has a projected war of almost two, 1.9. Oh, that's fine with me. Yeah. And and it's risky. It's risky. It's risky. I. I see the value of having him in your rotation, but like that, if he threw like 93 and touched 94 sometimes, I'd be all on board. But like 90 scares me because now we're another year behind. Like, is he only gonna throw 88 this year? As long as he gets bring guys back the out. sticky stuff, <laughs> bring back the sticky stuff. <laughs> um, that that's a that's a that's a really big risk for 20 million dollars, so. though. That kind of scares. That kind of scares me. I don't know. I. I mean, I. The price tag it's is high. The it's price tag is high. I just don't know that it would cost twenty. I don't if know that it, it would. Co- 
if it doesn't cost you 20, say it costs anything like 18 and under. Okay. Then you're good with that. Yeah. Okay. But MLB Trade Rumors him, usually has like projections, but, right? Yeah. What are yeah. you projecting at? But for Let him, him to come up, but for him to come up here. Also, is he vaccinated? Uh, that's also a very, very good question that you got to ask free agents yeah. consider. I think he is because there's only a couple that I saw that are not. Um, John Becker from Fangraphs posted this as potential targets who are not. There's a couple decent names, but I don't think Granky was on that list. So I think he is. Uh, remember, so it's after he's not expected to resign with the Astros. That's the last thing I have of him. I don't have. I'm he was seeing... on the MLB trade rumors. I'm just I'm going through it right now. I'll find out yeah. for you if you want to continue. Yeah, good. Sorry, Brennan. I cut you off. No, no, all good. All I was going to say is, yeah, that's an important consideration moving forward is players will need to be vaccinated or they can't come into Canada after January 15th. Yeah. I what think, a home field advantage that's going to be. I, I know. I know. It'll be interesting to see how they work that out with uh, the players' union and stuff. But, hey, I mean, that's country uh, rules at that the, point. The, so. the players' union has no say over any of it. Yeah. I mean, hey, just get your players vaccinated, talk to them, and, and do yeah. that. But, yeah, that's um, uh, Jeff Blair. Um, I was going back and forth with John Becker and somebody else chimed in the conversation. Jeff Blair did basically say out on radio that Robbie Ray and Steven Matz both were not vaccinated. And that was huge in Matz deciding not to come back. Oh, Robbie Ray was not? No. no. Oh, maybe that's why they didn't pursue him that hard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they pursued him. But again, like, that that's exactly that it. That was a lingering effect, right? Yeah, Frankie exactly. is projected to get one year 15. Yeah, wow. I'm down. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right, next. <laughs> All right, so it's me again. So uh, I'm going to go back into the to the stocking, pull out from last year. Please give me 6.30 start times again, please. <laughs> I love those 6.30 start times. Game ends around 9.15, 9.30, the latest. Gives me about a half hour to chill before I'm sacked out cold at 10 o'clock. <laughs> give me 6.30 start times again, please, and Thank you. We don't have to go any further. You have not you have not seen the gardener at that time, have you? <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> it will never ever happen. And uh, they published their start times, Adam. So if you want a different wish, you could take a different wish because the start times <laughs> the Blue Jays are published. I mean, they could change. They could change. 707, 707 again. 707, um, 307 on Saturdays. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, if if um, uh, Romano doesn't make a recovery or if his injury problems per, uh, linger, because I know he just had surgery and he's sort of rehabbing right now on his own, uh, give me Nate Pearson at the closing. That's what I want. I think he's going to fit well there. I think he'd be fine. As, as, you know, assuming he's not traded, Nate Pearson as a closer, I think, has some value. He throws gas. Just got to work on the control. Got to stay healthy. If he can do that. I like him. I like him there. So I don't want to see him as no. a star. I think yeah. the ship sailed. I think I agree with you. I think that's his uh, last opportunity at being a star this spring. I really yeah. think that's going to be it. Yeah, he'll go into spring with a chance to win a job in the rotation, but the lease will be very short uh, for mm-hmm. him to win a job in the rotation. Yeah. All, All right, right. So, so next is Craig. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to continue going off of the free agent wire here like Adam just started. And I want to see the Blue Jays reinvest in Blue Jay culture at the ballpark a little bit. I'm, uh, the, you know, fans haven't been in the arena until what? Uh, August last year mm-hmm. is when they finally returned home. 
give something back to the fans, you know, other than the fact that something tangible where they're putting obviously a winning team together, give us some, you know, they've been talking about a lot about renovating the ballpark lately. Um, we've always been a big advocate on this show for like, just having something like a world series stricken trophy with somebody, you know, taking at you with your car running around the bases, stupid things like that. Um, just find a way to reestablish that connection with the fans after everybody's been obviously stuck in their houses watching baseball for the last two years almost. And I think there's some value in that. Not, you know, you have that chance to rebrand the Toronto Blue Jays as Canada's team and give back to the fans a little bit that helps support this team through all of fun. So I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's long Um, over. Yeah. And this sort of uh, extends to the uh, we can talk about this more next week or the week after or whatever. But Brendan, you talked about you sent us a link about they're doing upgrades at the Rogers Center. So hopefully um, those upgrades include things that are more. Yeah, that are more fan centric um, things like that. I mean, just to make it a little bit more fun. Not that I don't I mean, I go very infrequently being. Uh, on the opposite side of the border, but when I go there, it is a treat. So mm. um, I can imagine people that go there often, such as you know Chris and Brennan. Um, it's probably it can get boring. So mm. um, good, good call. There, point, it's just as much as capitalizing on the talent that they do have. They have one of the youngest, fun watching baseball teams in all of baseball. And I remember it now. Like before, yeah. yeah, exactly. Before all this stuff happened, you know, especially down here, even at the minor league level, they had nights where they had. Like this time of year, me and my dad actually were going to a Buffalo event with a minor league player. You know, these are the guys that are coming through Buffalo this year. And that's actually where I met Vlad, Bo, and uh, Biggio. I got all their autographs on a Lansing Lugnuts hat. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so, but just stupid things like that. Yeah, I know it doesn't have to be meet and greets and things like that. But in some way, just to, to suck fans back into it and get that re- reestablished, that investment of, hey, you're not just stuck at home anymore, assuming there's not Omicron doom heading on here and all that good stuff. But um, I do think that with vaccines being what they are and everything like that come this season, regardless of everything else that's going on, that baseball is going to feel more normal in Toronto. And I look forward to being at the ballpark myself and just like everybody else. So if there's anything they can do to, you know, help draw the fans back, that's what I think they need to reinvest in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, my my Christmas present from Santa was Jose Ramirez. My stocking stuffers, my my appetizers <laughs> are load up on the bullpen arms. Uh, don't leave yourself exposed like did this past season. And I'm not saying they didn't do a good job of adding depth. I think that they just were hit by such a rash of injuries that it looked like they weren't prepared for a rash of injuries. Like, it's I don't care how many arms you got to do. Like, my, there's still a ton of quality bullpen on the market right now and obviously they can't sign anywhere so that market will move very fast like let's just say the cba is agreed upon late january right around that soft february 1st deadline like we said last week spring training is only a couple weeks after that bullpen arms are gonna fly off the shelf really really quick and bullpen arms that linger a little bit longer into march will then be a little more up to take minor league deals um load up on the minor league deals with uh invites to spring training sign a couple more guys for the active roster I already feel really good about the bullpen the way it is right now and the way it's shipping up with Richards and Simber, as talked about the last couple shows. But try not to leave yourself exposed. Um, and again, I don't care how many it takes, just load up because I do not want to look back on the season and think they missed the playoffs because of all those bullpen meltdowns. It happens to every team. It's never going to stop. There's always going to be bullpen meltdowns <laughs> at the course of a season, but limiting those bullpen meltdowns to 
I don't know, cutting those down by 10 or in half from what it was this season, they would have been close to a 100-win team uh, if you had that bullpen a little more solid. So those are my stocking stuffers. I don't care who it is. Just bring some guys in who can get outs and be better than the shit they have. At least 2022. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have one exception to your reliever list. If they sign a Dralis Chapman for any reason, I'm going to puke. I'm not even oh, yeah, no, that's full that on puke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not a free agent, is he? No, he is. No. I believe in the area's open no. market or something. I heard something. He's uh, no. acquirable. No. There's no way the Yankees that. give him up. <laughs> like, well, if they, right now they're trying to bleed out money. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I read it earlier. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, my stocking stuffer. All right, Chris. Okay, so my last one, it, it's pretty simple, pretty easy, and there's a couple of pieces to it, but it's just shore up the pitching staff. Um, go go get me Kikuchi. Go get me Tapera. Yeah. Uh, and then make sure that Pearson does not see a first, second, or third inning this year. Put him in the back end of that bullpen, and mm-hmm. as my friend Wes Grove likes to say, let freaks be freaks, and just tell him to rear back and throw it as hard as he goddamn can. 104. And 104, 105s. I, hell, if he wants to hit 110, let him hit 110. Like, just blow it by, guys. Don't worry. Like, when you're throwing 104, don't worry about any other pitches. Just rear back and huck it. Does he scream Rick Vaughn to you if he's coming out in the ninth inning and throwing 105? Just no, I have, I, 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 ha, I have more confidence in Pearson. I have a lot more Wild confidence thing. in in Pearson pitching late in a ball game than I do a lot of other guys on this team. Mm. And it's based on stuff, I'm assuming. It's stuff, but like if he just if he goes to like his slider and fastball. And like, don't even like I said, don't even worry about the slider. Just throw it 104. Yeah. Because like, yeah. yeah. If you're facing teams like Baltimore, those guys aren't going to turn around on 104. No. Like they're just not good enough. Sorry, those teams aren't good enough. Throw it a million miles an hour. Blow it by them. Imagine his control was just even this much better. Like, That's what and I'm it saying. Will, yeah. It will be though if he's only worrying oh, about definitely. one or two pitches. Be like Ken Giles and throw a fastball slot combination, and you yeah. could have a very, very good career in the back end of a bullpen. Well, okay, well, and I know that Romano was hurt this year, but what did Rom- Romano ditched his slider for a while? And all he That's threw cool. was a fastball. And, like, look at the results he still had. He just threw it 100 miles an hour. Like, that's, even for the best players in the world, it's still freaking hard to do. Is yeah. turn around on a hundred mile an hour fastball, and you don't know where it's going. Hell, Pearson might not even know where it's going. Like, that's half the fun in it as well. But yeah, Kevin go get Foster me Kikuchi. Go Yeah, go get me Kikuchi. Go get me Tapera. Show up the pitching staff, and then you guys can sprinkle on your Ramirez and Freeman, and <laughs> the world will be good. That, that's all. It's all window dressing. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, if you do to, to harp on Pearson again in the back, like how much, I mean, the velocity I think is going to be a lot higher than what Romano can give you. Um, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't really, it wouldn't shock me if in the beginning it's more of a, a Pearson as a setup guy and then 
Romano mm-hmm. closing out games. I it wouldn't shock me if as the year goes on, it sort of flips. Right. I don't and think it matters. At that <laughs> point, no. Yeah. You have you have a one A and a one B, and whoever you need to get like whoever's throwing better at the time, you're gonna give me the crucial out or get through the cup, and then whoever's left is gonna throw the knife. Like, and I think that's can be fine. what Galise was supposed to be. Charlie's credit, he started to manage like that a little bit as the season went along, yes. where he would bring yeah. in Romano and other guys in the seventh inning if there was like bases loaded, one out, you need to get there, and then he used his second best reliever to close out the game. So yeah. keep doing that. It's like that's the way the bullpen management's going. You know, yeah. I just don't want the the whole I know Alec Noah got a lot of attention because that's sort of not that he wasn't on the radar of people that like diehard fans of the Blue Jays, but we were all assuming it was Pearson, right? We were all assuming that Pearson was going to take the leap to the rotation and become a mainstay before Manoa did. And it didn't work out. Maybe there was a little bit, I don't want to say jealousy, obviously. There's this, but yeah, I'd rather be more competitive than jealous. But yeah, if he wants to have a role, it doesn't have to be started. And you know what? If he's not even the, the injury concerns that Nate Pierce, that we have for Nate Pearson, if he does figure it out as a setup guy or, you know, just as a closer, there's longevity there. Like, I know you're blowing your arm out quicker, but I mean, if, if the starting rotation is filled out and, you know, four fifths of it are, and if you get a Granky or whatever to fit, it fit, that takes a lot of pressure off of what you're supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Or what you were brought up to be in the organization. And if you can just, you know, throw max 20 pitches in a game, and hopefully it doesn't have to even be that much if he's throwing gas. But yeah. if you're just throwing like 20, 25 pitches in games or whatever, you can do that for a long period of time, and I know they don't like to do back-to-backs, but if you're in an all-win, all-in situation right now, fuck all that. You have to just mm-hmm. all the rules of the window. Again, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. Let me see it. Let me see it. And and you add in these other arms that could solidify the uh, the the bullpen because I know last year it was disaster, and people were talking about how like oh Charlie Montoyo making terrible bullpen position any any decision that he made would be a terrible <laughs> bullpen position that would model yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you, Chris. Just get these arms and don't make it. All, oh, we'll figure that out later. That yeah. needs to be prioritized just as much as all the. It has to be a conglomerate of things all at once. I still think we're going to see um, Nate Pearson get two or three inning saves this year. That's not going to surprise me at all. Yeah. That's what it is. All right. That's going to wrap it up today. Um, before we go, uh, I would just like to wish everybody a happy holiday, whatever holiday you celebrate. Hopefully it's safe. Hopefully it's happy and healthy. I know right now we don't like to talk about it that much, but the variant is ripping through right now. Um, safe. And hopefully it's not as isolated and lonely as last year's was, if that was the case for you. Hopefully uh, necessary precautions are being taken, whatever those precautions are to you. Um, that is your business, not mine. But again, hopefully uh, the holiday is good to you. Hopefully it's better than last year. And uh, hopefully all of these items on the wish list come true um, with the exception of 630 games, unless Atkins and Shabira, you are listening <laughs> and you want to make that man. exception for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's up? I got one other thing too, that yeah, I didn't realize on. this, but happened to be um, goofing around on our, you know, wonderful metrics and what yeah. from our new employment as being the official podcast of the Jays journal on, which is part of fansite.com. 
Adam, you happen to be hosting on your 100th episode as a Oh, sure. Look at that. <laughs> That's cool. Look at that. So, episode 287 total. Brendan, you have uh, a little bit more than him. I didn't realize you were uh, you're 50. So, basically, we hit our 300th episode, and you're close to 150. <laughs> well, that makes sense, because it's like a, it's a once a week, really, for a year. So, you, you got about a year on me. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, that way, congratulations. Thank you. Well, it, it's a it's a team effort, and uh, you know, being being the weakest link here, I, I'm just happy to be here, guys. <laughs> uh, um, that being said, uh, hopefully your holiday is great. Uh, I think next week we're gonna go for Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. It's Brennan, okay. So. Um, yeah. And it's a uh, Craig hosting duty next week if yeah, we're doing. Okay. At least so. So we will have a New Year's episode for you lined up next week. But again, make sure your your holiday is great. Get drunk. You know, don't I drive. Uh, if depending on where you're at, it's legal. Smoke some weed. Just just chill out and uh, go to the do weed your shop thing. right down the street if I want. There you go. There you go. There you just go. Be happy in, in do that here in New York now too. Yeah. There you go. Not in Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, so that being said, uh, <laughs> let me get a, a two claps and a Ric Flair, and uh, we'll close it out. Let's go, Blue Jays. Woo! Let's go, Let's Blue, go Jays. Blue Jays. Get your vaccine and your booster. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.